Sean, you look like you're you're about to tell a spooky story or what? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You're listening to Southern Podcast. Sapnin! Sapnin! You are listening to episode 144 of Sapnin Podcast featuring myself, Sean Smith, and my good friend, Morgan Richards. Yes, it's me, Morgan Richards. And while this podcast might be a euphoria of me losing my mind, it's where you want to be. That is absolutely dreadful. <laughs> if you are a brand new listener, every week Morgan decides that he's going to put in song titles and puns of the artists that we have on about songs that they've been involved with. So, yeah, if you're wondering, does is that Welshman having a stroke? No, he was trying his best to fit puns hey, in. That was so that's good. What's going I, on. I thought that fitted well. It fits well with today's episode. Um, ah, if you want, yeah. This week's <laughs> guest is Matt Robano, bassist musician extraordinaire and all-round funny legend who's a fantastic fantastic person yes in my opinion he's the most technically gifted bassist to grace alternative emo music i'm not even just saying it the guy plays his instrument like no other and the proof is in the pudding if he likes it or not matt robano is being a key influence in the foundations of our scene and so many of his breakout artists. His resume includes the likes of All American Rejects, nice. Glassjaw, very nice, Patrick Stump of Fallout Boy, Lauren Hill, a few random names you wouldn't believe. And obviously, it was a vital part of my favorite band, Taking Back Sunday, and arguably their most commercial period before now becoming an official member of the return of Angels and Airwaves, whose highly anticipated new record, Life Forms, is released on September the 24th on Rise Records. Honestly, this is a podcast we've had in the works for two years. He's someone we have a great rapport with, and I know you love him very, very much, Sean, after getting to spend some time with him on the road in the summer of 2011. Well, yeah, I think even before that, I think I met him um, quite some time ago. I think I met him when he first, or when he was in Take Back Sunday, uh, when he first joined, I think. So, um, yeah, what an absolute legend. He is comedian funny. He's a very, very funny man. 
Um, and he's an even better bassist. And he's in all those fucking, he's been in all those <laughs> bands. And yeah, you're going to find out that he's been involved with some records that I didn't even know existed at some points. And then uh, they're fucking brilliant. So yeah, thank you very, very much to Matt for coming on. We absolutely love him. And I hope we get to do one of these soon in the flesh with him. Because well, to be honest, I just want to hang out with him because uh, it's, a, it's a good laugh. So uh, yeah, what a, what a fucking fantastic track. I've been, because we did this about two or three weeks ago, didn't we? And I have been busting for this to come out because I've enjoyed it very, very, very much. So, Yes, and there's so much we're about to cover in this episode, as you can probably tell by the time length. <laughs> so we won't go on uh, much longer, but obviously in this conversation, we're going to touch on everything from Angels and Airwaves' recent appearance at Lollapalooza to his creative relationship with one Tom DeLonge, Highly classified alien Uh-oh. secrets, insights into all those amazing bands, and as you expect, we had to go full emo nerds and ask those burning questions about Glassjaw and the TBS days being our favorite bands. I'm super excited about it. It's one of the favorite ones we've ever recorded to date. And you're going to experience some crazy, crazy stories. But before we go straight in, a quick reminder, as always, if you'd like to support the podcast in any way and to keep this thing going, head over to our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash Sapnin. There's loads of extra content on there. You get invited into a secret group with some amazing people of our community. And it's just uh, amazing laugh. So that's patreon.com forward slash Sapnin, and you can follow us on social media at Sapnin Pod. Yes, that's at, that's the little A with a funny circle around it, S A P P E N I N P O D. That's at S A P P E N E at S A P E N I N P O D, at S A P E N I N P O D. And yeah, that's on Instagram and Twitter. Let us know your thoughts on this episode future guests your thoughts on ufos are because i completely (laughs) believe um and i'm very very interested in that and um yes hopefully we'll be able to get one with uh tom and matt at some point in the future as well so that would be the dream really wouldn't it tom matt and an alien but i might have said too much so maybe let's just go straight Uh in to this wonderful conversation with the legend that is mr matt robano of angels and airwaves Yes, I love him very much. Thank you again, Matt, if you listen to this. Tidy. Sapnin! Sapnin! What a chap. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Sapnin! 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 Yes! Yeah. This week's <laughs> guest is musician, actor, comedian, bass extraordinaire, mm-hmm. and one of the funniest people I've uh, I've ever met, uh, Mr. Matthew Robano. How are you? Oh, hello. I'm good, man. Thank you. Nice. That's a lovely, lovely intro. It makes me sound like a very big deal. <laughs> well, that was well you, you are. are. You are to us. You are to us, Matt. So yeah, yes. it's good to see you guys again. How's things? Things are good. Uh, I just came back from um, a gigantic super spreader event. Uh, <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was in Lollapalooza this weekend, and uh, it was great. I'm actually, uh, when we finish recording, uh, when we finish having our little chat here, I'm probably going to test myself. Uh, I have a, a test at home here, and uh, to make sure I didn't bring any Lollapalooza back with me. And uh, but yeah, man, I'm good. It, we got to play some some shows last week uh, with with Angels and Airwaves, and uh, we did one in San Diego, and then we went to Chicago and played uh, played Lollapalooza. So after mm-hmm. 500 days of no shows, uh, we got to do it again, which felt like a fucking daydream. Yeah, yeah. Well, when I yeah when I saw the photos and videos, I was like, that is fucking mm-hmm. awesome. That is un- that is. That is as awesome as it is terrifying, I thought to myself. <laughs> uh, that's my, all of my texts from friends have been like, hey, saw some photos from Chicago. Are you okay? <laughs> or being like, it really looked great and scary. Everyone has the same two-pronged question of like, how much fun and terrifying was it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, literally. Well, it looked like that from, from what we've seen. But what was the kind of vibes and stuff backstage and everything? I mean, it seems Were you allowed that- to mingle? Yeah, yeah, were you allowed to mingle with other acts? Yeah, the, so the the email that I was forwarded, you know, weeks out about what the protocol was going to be, and, and I'm not again, I, I'm not, um, I don't, re- I don't really have any criticism for the festival for like hmm. the people who put it on because they're up against a wall of like, how do we do this right now? Yeah. And backstage, I believe you had to, in order to be backstage, perform, what have you you needed to be vaccinated and have proof or have... Oh, no, for backstage, I think that was the deal. Then for entry to the festival, you had to either have a negative test from the last 24 hours and or be vaccinated. And, um, you know, man, there's just no way during a a pandemic to have 100,000 plus people together where they're reveling and partying and having a good time and have them also remember to be really diligent, responsible and safe. So um, in addition to the fact that, you know, the festivals that we like, you know, ran around together uh, in the UK or in the US or whatever versus versus what Lollapalooza is now, it's like 
80,000 22-year-olds in pasties and fishnet shirts. And, and then... <laughs> And okay. then they're like boyfriend, they're, they're, you know, their male counterparts that are like rolling their fi- faces off in like basketball shorts and no t-shirt while they're all like huffing on vape pens and stuff. So, it's not the Lollapalooza that I went to in 1991 <laughs> as a yeah. teenager. Granted, I mean, you know, 30 years had passed. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was cool. I mean... There weren't a lot. Uh, there weren't a lot of masks. Nobody was really taking the opportunity to make a cool mask, sexy costume. Um, but uh, I, I hung out with friends that I knew and and ran into a lot of people. You know, the, the, one of the great things about it was, you know, the the vibe of like when you're on the road and you're running into these people, like in people, the crew and bands. And it's like it's like you cross a, a neighboring tribe and you're like, yeah. oh yeah, we we know what each other do, and you know, it's like <laughs> nice. You get to see your buddies and. Um, there's that, that sort of, that community that is the really fortunate, lucky, small community of like people in bands and that, that work with bands and get to do this touring thing. And being at Lollapalooza was like, yeah, running into these people that I haven't seen in so long. And in some cases, enough years have gone by where it's like people really have grown, aged, changed, what have you. And it's like, uh, that was kind of the cool thing about it was like, oh, I remember this used to be not certainly a hundred thousand person audience, but like this thing used to be every day all the time, most of the year. And after a year and a half, uh, with not having any access to it at all, it was really kind of, uh, it, it was surreal and emotional and special and, uh, I'm glad I got out of there. Uh, you know, I don't. I feel fine. I'm Good. gonna set. I'll test myself today. But um, yeah, man, we we made it in and out of a gigantic <laughs> festival. Some, like I said, something six months ago we would have like called a you know the, the a super spreader, like a terrible, yeah. terrible yeah. idea. Yeah, now we're doing it. <laughs> but, yeah, you were talking. You were talking about how it's kind of aged people over this time. Do you see Fred Durst? Have you seen what he's done Ooh. to Fred Durst? Fred, uh, Fred thought it was Halloween, I suppose. Uh, but also from what I, I, so I didn't get to watch them because they were on another stage right before us. Oh. Um, and so, so it would have been, uh, physically impossible to check it out and get back over in time to toss me and ears in. Um, but from what I heard, a lot of the banter from Fred was about being old. Yeah. Was about like... <laughs> his new which, thing, I think his new thing going forward is dad vibe. Mm, so like yeah. He's, he's trying to be the awkward dad now, I think. Which right, is, but he's certainly not the oldest dude in rock and fucking roll right <laughs> not now. No, and not how cool would it be? Everyone that I ran into at the festival that was like, yo, I kind of want to see Limp Bizkit, wasn't even talking about going to see it ironically. They were like, I'd like to see Limp Bizkit. So, I think it's one of those things that, and this is like a classic lead singer faux pas tipping your hand of insecurity cards is like, hey, when you, all you talk about is your greatest fear to the audience, it reads that way. Like, you could just come up on stage and be like, what the fuck is up, Lollapalooza, break stuff, here's the Nookie song, you know what I mean? And people would be like, hey, I saw Limp Bizkit and it was kind of great, instead of like, him, you know, kind of having this like age chip on his shoulder, but he looked like the he looked like somebody who was cut from the sabotage video. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> did, yeah, you oh know my God, yeah, yeah. yeah. If it was like, like a, a, a part where they got kidnapped and they they had a pervert <laughs> looking at them, that was perfect. Yeah. Perfect. 
Yeah. Oh, well, basically, wow. yeah. Basically, he's pl- he now looks like the old character from the Eat You Alive video, where he ta- where he kidnaps uh, that girl he kidnaps for the Eat You Alive. What's her name? Some I, third. So, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Full, yeah. full circle. Full circle. No, same, but same video treatment doesn't really fly today, does it? <laughs> <laughs> no. No, no. 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 That's no. true. That's true. But no, it's nice to see you, uh, that you know, despite this, though, you guys are back playing live music and can enjoy it a little bit. Um, but Matt, I've got to say, before we get into stuff, I hope you're sitting mm-hmm. comfy because there is yeah. plenty of things that I want to ask you about. Never mind what Sean's got prepared as well, because we've been trying, originally talked about doing this at Slam Dunk 2019 when you were playing with Glassjaw and we had right. uh, a little catch up in catering. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, that was the last time. Yeah, that was, I mean, you know, not that we get to see each other a whole lot with the ocean between us, but uh, (laughs) that was the last time I saw you guys. Uh, And what was weird about that show was that was the first time I had seen many people since like TBS, really. Mm. I mean, I hadn't, I mean, I guess I did some, I was the rejects for a little while and then was doing a lot of stuff in the States and then off the road for like five years or so. And uh, yeah, that was a, that was one of those festivals where I was walking around and I was like seeing people see me and not know and not recognize me and then just keep <laughs> going. And I was like, I used to hang out with him a lot. Exactly the same thing has happened to me now because uh, because my hair's not blonde anymore. Well, now I'm growing yeah. a fucking insane mullet. But yeah, people, yeah. people have just got, it's like my face is a man's thigh. It's just fucking plain. There's no features. It was just the blonde hair that made people go, oh, I know that tit. But yeah, 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 exactly. And I don't know if I ever had a, mine would probably, I thought it would just be my stature was like, oh, hey, look, it's him. But uh, no, I was like walking right. I think the dudes, the the first people that like kind of like looked and then did a double take and then came over were like the story of the year guys were like, I thought that was you. Uh, But I think the, uh, walked right by, um, um, Brian uh, from Yellow Card, and he just, he like looked at me and was just like, Yeah, I don't know you. And I was like, (laughs) (laughs) You do. Cool, dude. Yeah, you do. Hey, you do actually, but. Oh, God. It's me, one of your friends. Yeah, well, I remember. Yeah, I remember we just walked up the stage Mm. because genuinely, Glassjaw is probably my favorite band of all time. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I love Glassjaw. too much. So yeah, we we went up to the side of the stage and we we're like, yes, fucking watch him. And then all of a sudden, I saw you walk on. I was like, Glass <laughs> oh, was right. How it was I before. Fa- I, yeah. yeah, yeah. But you were just there, and I was like, what the fuck, Glass <laughs> just got better. I don't know how my favorite band got better. This is unbelievable. But yeah, yeah that, that was, was my first. I think that was the first show too of that whole summer of that run, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, man, that was that was a very easy easy thing to say yes to yeah how was it though like i'd imagine working with beck is um fun (laughs) question mark yeah no 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 i I mean so we're both like long island uh scumbags you know uh so (laughs) i say with with love good band name name. yeah i mean he you know he's he's a really he's a great musician obviously and a and a and a hell of a writer and and he knows you know He's like one of those people that really knows what he's trying to do all the time. So when I'm trying to figure out glass job bass parts down to the note, 
um, and they're swimming in like fuzz and octave and chords and all kinds of stuff. It's not, you know, as somebody who has a very easy time taking things down from a record with by ear, we had to like have numerous Zoom calls uh, or FaceTime. And uh, he even we even like met up in, in Miami for a couple of days uh, to like sit and play. Um, which may also have been him, like, vetting me last minute to be like, can you do this? Um, and it was tough, man. That That's not, like, you know, that's not an easy pile of songs to just, mm. like, do without much rehearsal. Uh, it was so, so much fun. And um, I really love playing that music. And it is. It's a little bit of weird pressure when you're playing these bass parts written by the guitar player who's standing next to you on stage so you're getting like a report card in real time all the time (laughs) um and glassjaw is interesting because the bass is the song and the guitar is like the ethereal uh, you know color around it you know bass and drums and and certainly obviously daryl like are kind of what drive it he writes the bass is really carrying the tune. So it's a lot of uh it's a lot of shit to make sure you have going on at the same time and i had some good shows and I had some less than good shows, um, but it was really fun, man. They're 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 a fun bunch of people to, yeah. to to hit the road with. And I got to go to Moscow for the first time with them, which was super fun. We oh, did wow. a little run through Spain and uh, the Warp Tour in New Jersey, which was like you know kind of comparable to Lollapalooza, albeit you know years before anyone thought about covid yeah and uh yeah it was a trip it was it was uh it was something like i said like the very first time he called me i was like on a tour playing bass in like an orchestra and i was like i'm gonna quit the i'm gonna quit this job for this and i pretty much did i pretty much like it was a little bit of a one-two punch where i had like talked to beck and i had also talked to tom kind of in the same period of time so i knew like i'm gonna leave this gig and i'm gonna go from glass jaw to angels and i'll be playing rock and roll again in my 40s and it was like (laughs) nice that's awesome yeah i remember that day um yeah i just remember everyone came off stage and um yeah like i said i've literally since i was probably 18 like when everything you ever wanted know about silence came out i literally became the biggest fanboy in the world of glass jaw to the point where at that leeds festival when you guys walked off stage at slam dunk at Leeds London, you guys walked off stage and I went up to talk to Darrell and I've met him a couple of times or whatever. <laughs> and he turned, he turned to the drummer and he said, um, do you know whose brother this is? And it's because my brother who just ended up being a tour manager because I was in a mm-hmm. band. So he ended up buying like a van. So he toured right. with bands. He ended up touring with Glassjaw. And there's me like, I spent 13 years in a band trying to get my favorite <laughs> band's attention, right? Right. Fucking whether that's Glassjaw, Limp Bizkit, yeah. Refused, any yeah. of these bands, right? I would be like, <laughs> look at me, fucking look at me. And then Daryl goes, do you know whose brother this is? And I'm like, oh, I'm famous for being the fucking van driver's brother. Like, this is the worst. Oh. But yeah, that was that yeah. was such a good good time. And yeah, it was just, I, I was actually fucking super thrilled to see you with them. Um, Thanks, man. So yeah, we should we should kind of mention people that you've played for, I guess, for anybody that doesn't know. Um, sure, you have been in whether you like it or not. You've been in some <laughs> of you've been in some of um, our listeners and my favorite bands. So yeah, can you start us off with how you started and then? Yeah. yeah um, well, I assume you're not talking about my high school jazz band. So. <laughs> well, <laughs> we never know. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I, I in the uh, early two thousands, uh, 
reconnected with my another like a you know to make it about brothers and friends and childhood like another uh childhood friend uh in mark o'connell who's the drummer for taking back sunday and our uh i think you know we had grown up together kind of playing music like our very first attempts at playing music occasionally were together because mark's brother dave played the guitar um and sounds also like fake, was like that sounds like a fake brother name Mark's brother, Dave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dave. Um, yeah, Dave. Yeah, uh, like, yeah, like James Franco's brother. What's James Franco's yeah. brother's name? Dave. Uh, Dave. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Of course it is. Yeah, sorry. But he yeah. was uh, he was a good guitar player, and uh, and Dave went on to to play in the movie life for a little while, and um, and then I kind of like you know being around the two of them made me grab a, a bass for the first time. But anyway, that that's the the connect. That's how I like kind of got put into the taking back Sunday flow of things and, uh, did that for, uh, three, three records with TBS. Then, um, after that, I, I don't remember how that ended. And then uh, after that, I, <laughs> uh, I did, uh, I, I was in a band with Patrick Stump from mm. fallout boy where I did, I kind of like put together the band for his solo record tour, which was like a, a very kind of funky, poppy kind of thing like a, a la prince and uh that band was filled with some of my real like og new york favorite musicians i really got to hire a lot of people that i loved for that uh and that segued with a 24-hour break that segued right into hopping into the all-american rejects and i did like to, about a year or two of touring with them where i got to play bass and guitar and some synth stuff and uh yeah, and then and then uh, Glassjaw in a couple of years later, and now I'm currently uh, playing with Tom DeLonge and Angels and Airwaves and uh, yeah. Elon Rubin and David Kennedy and having a having a blast doing it. Yeah, well, there's two things you've missed. There's two things you've missed <laughs> off here that I'd like to talk about. Okay, yeah, so, which is likely. Um, one of them is playing on Lauren Hill's record, which I didn't know until I until I was because normally with these, if I'm friendly with a person. I'm just yeah. like I don't do any fucking research. Right. Like, it's just I know you. Shit. That's, yeah. That's why. That's why yeah. I'm here. That's why he's here. <laughs> that's literally. He's the journalist. I'm just like, fucking yeah. shit mouthpiece. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was. I googled you, and um, uh, yeah, Lauren Hill came up. Um, so uh, what the fuck and how? Uh, is two uh, questions I don't know. Sure. Uh, I yeah no. I, um, a good friend of mine was uh, after music school had like gone back to new york uh a, a person i call my best friend is a guy named jamie siegel who is uh an engineer and a producer and his early years getting into like recording in new york were uh at a studio called chung king where he was like a he went from like an assistant to a house engineer and then you know doing all this stuff and they were making the miseducation there and um he invited me well invited me he had been like sort of trying to convince lauren like hey you should meet my friend he plays bass and she was having all these people come through and come through and then one night she got frustrated enough with some poor musician to actually listen to jay and be like okay i'll meet your friend um and uh i was literally waiting tables in an italian restaurant on long island at that very moment uh music school had gone really well and uh, I, I, 
he he paged me at a pager. That's what year we're talking. You wow. Know? And, wow. Yeah, so he was like, yeah, can you, he was like, you got to come to the studio, Lauren, you know, you can meet Lauren. And um, I quit that job kind of on the spot respectfully, but I was like, hey, I got to go. I had, And it was like, you know, Saturday night, 9.15, places jumping. And uh, I had to go tell uh, my manager that I was going to immediately leave. Which is like, you know, think about any job, any job at all for you to go to your superior and be like, I'm leaving right now for <laughs> for something. The, you, can, you can't do that. No, I mean, no. it, I don't think you can do that in, in really good, big, fancy jobs. But I wonder, uh, but I wonder I how many how many times that cafe have had people quit because they've had to go meet Lauren Hill. <laughs> it's totally <laughs> It's like, oh, not again. Yeah. Not again. Yeah, come on. Uh. We got Matt. <laughs> Greg, um, Charlene, yeah. she met Lauren Hill. I wish Lauren Hill would stop stealing her fucking stuff. Yeah. She can't record on a Monday? Oh, it's Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Actually. I went in, man. I, I ran home. I I, uh, I I tried to wash the mozzarella off me and uh, grabbed my bass and, and, you know, bombed it into Manhattan and uh, got to meet her and, and we kind of went right into recording everything is everything or uh i think we did i used to love him first which was like a a a, a duet with her and mary j blige and um yeah man it was like an overnight session it like went into the morning and it was just like we were uh it was crazy i mean as i try to remember it now it really was like all nerves and kind of like going to the quiet place in your head where it was like okay it's time to show people that I think I know what I'm doing. But yeah, man, it was a, I mean, nobody knew. I mean, she, you know, she was already a, a celebrity of sorts from having been in the Fugees, but nobody really knew that that record was going to be yeah. what it, what it was least of all me. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, man, that was, that was like a, or that was first, like first real gig, first real big gig. That's Not a bad start insane. at all there. Yeah, Not a bad good start. start yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to carry on from there, but you have managed to fucking smash it. So fair play yeah. to you. Um, yeah, use something else. Use another name that I fucking <laughs> wasn't expecting to see. Mm-hmm. Um, Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> yeah, that's a weird one. Uh, so that was playing bass on a Shaquille O'Neal rap record, which hopefully that then informed you that he's done some records as a rapper. No, wow. I knew. I kind of knew that. I kind of knew he okay. had, but yeah, but I because it says in your credit Shaquille O'Neal, and I was like, "What? He played Shaquille O'Neal? Shoot, there's a de- <laughs> definite different different sizes. There's no way yeah. they play we, the same character." And then um, we play one on one together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then I googled it, and I can't find any. I can't find what song yeah. you were on. So what? Do you yeah, know? it's it's a it's a session that I did around that same time where. We laid down a track. It's it's a sort of thing that was like a, a ghost written song, right? Okay. From what I know, hmm. so my part in it was clandestine and just like playing a play. I think it was like this, like kind of almost like not like disco, but like a right on that line of disco and funk kind of thing that that we put down. And um, I remember his verse was already laid, and it was just like a thing where it was like. Yeah, this is this is happening. I mean, back then, like in the late nineties or late nineties, with that would have been like any anything you could play on or do that had a, a name of any interest or renown attached to it was like, yeah, I'll do that because you yeah. kind of and like you said, man, <laughs> honestly, like after you just said like starting out that way, like with the Lauren record, 
There was definitely a part of me that was like, when that record came out and it was the sort of like phenomenon that it that it was, there was definitely a part of me that was like, well, that <laughs> one and done. Whole, car- whole career. <laughs> yeah. Done it. 20 years old. That's, that's all it's ever going to be. But, you know, luckily I have like a, a, dis- a, a disgustingly uh, like, like omnivorous appetite for music. So any, everything, anything and everything that is interesting sounding or fun, or I like the people that are working on it is always, or, or I haven't done it before some, some musical uh, situation where I'm like, I haven't done that. Like that's kind of what really, uh, you know, tickles me at that, at this point. Yeah. But as you said there, like just going through that kind of back catalog of yours and all the people you've worked with being on the road with and everything like that, when you get a chance to look back, is it just kind of like a crazy experience to think how much you've done along the way and, and look back of all the people you've worked with? Um, yeah, it's easy to, for, I mean, you know, and not because it's kind of hard to say stuff like this without sounding like aloof or whatever. Um, I, I had so many years of like struggling and, and trying to connect gig to gig, you know, like, and even at this point, like, I think the the only constant is that like if you had to make like it would look like an EKG machine, you know what I mean? Your <laughs> yeah. career has like ups and downs and there in mm. there's different peaks and valleys and stuff like that. And I think when I look back like I see it through like that kind of lens where I'm like, "Oh yeah, there were years where I was doing this and then there were years where I was trying to do this and it, it is. It, it does look like a, a quilt made by an insane person. Uh, you know what I mean? Like it's just. It's so all over the place. But like I said, I mean that was kind of so close to my original goal as like a eighteen year old kid, which was like I just want to play as much different music with as many people as I can, and ideally maybe get to see the world. Yeah. in the process. So, I'm really fortunate that I was stubborn and hungry enough to like sustain some of those flatline bits to get to another gig. And uh yeah, that I mean, I, there are there are times where I forget certain things, a, a record or a session or a gig or whatever, and I'm like, "Whoa." And then when I realize maybe it's just a a matter of like pot smoking, but yeah. when I when when you've done enough stuff to forget things, is uh is is a trip because uh and, and i'm not you know and then there are people you know eons past where i am as far as like what my career is like that uh, guys that have discographies of 500 records or 300 records they've played on and that's the thing where it's like yeah how do you even remember how do you even know these like little one-off records where and and you know we're not talking about fluff music either like if yeah. you're playing on that many records, it's because you're a badass. Yeah, for sure. That's the thing. You've done so much, and that's just a testament that you can forget half the things you've done because, <laughs> I mean, the yeah. catalog speaks for itself. But it did seem for a while, you like, Rubano is the guy to call whenever someone needs a bass player or a fill-in or you're know, looking for a new project. Did, did it feel like that for, for quite a few years? It's very... It, it, it was really um, flattering and also, like, from a from a friendship standpoint i mean patrick and i had talked to talked to each other even like the day i met patrick the very first time we met which was like in the back of their tour bus on like day 1 of the tbs fallout boy tour which was just fucking dripping with like young band dude ego horseshit 
And I will say most of that was on our side of the line. But, uh, like, I remember going to the back lounge. I was the guy who would walk on your bus and introduce myself to people because I wanted to know who was around. I I wasn't, like, you know, skulking in my own back lounge, looking out the window going, oh, they're they're bigger than us. And, um, which they weren't at the time. Uh, (laughs) uh, Do you think maybe it's that that attitude of being too nice to introduce (laughs) yourself is the reason that they, they ended up where they ended up? Yep. So yep. It was a chicken fight, and I lost because I let them. I let them bitch me out. Uh, but I, I went up onto that bus, and it was funny. I met Pete. I met Andy. I met Joe. Uh, I knew some of their crew, and then I walked to the back lounge to meet Patrick, and he was like watching a gospel chops gospel chops drum clinic video, and I was like. I think this is my people right here. <laughs> and he was like watching like Tony Royster Jr. like shred some some yeah. clinic some clinician video. And I was like, hey, and we talked and I was and we were telling each other what kind of music we were into. And we were both kind of like, you know, not certainly I'm, I wasn't the singer, but like we were both the un musically, like our pedigrees made us the unlikely member in the a band that existed in the genre that TBS and Fall Out Boy were in. Because we were both interested in like R&B and funk and soul and stuff like that. So, we had talked even then like, oh, we, we had joked about it. Like, oh, we should do a band one day. And then when Patrick became a massive superstar and wanted to like to do a hiatus from or they had were on hiatus, he would, did his own record. He came to me and was like, I want you to put this band together and, and we'll, you know, we'll audition a bunch of people and stuff like that. And it was like the first thing I heard from that record i was like this is killing and i know who's going to be in it so that came from friendship and friendship and common interests and similarly um tbs had done a a co-headlining tour well after that uh with the all-american rejects and i had uh become friends with those guys and and specifically with tyson i think he and patrick both kind of reached out shortly after my uh got my walking papers from from tbs to be like hey do you want to do something you want to do this and 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 other people too i mean like my phone was ringing off the hook for a couple of days after that happened but a lot of it was like other dudes that had been kicked out of bands being like yeah we should all stick together and i was like no (laughs) we shouldn't (laughs) you mean a fire bassist you know what I mean? But not basically, like, I, I, yeah, yeah, I, mean, yeah, I don't want to name names, yeah, but at yeah, that yeah. point, there were a lot of, like, recently dismissed cats walking around who <laughs> wow. were like, yeah, we should all get in the van together. And I was like, I don't know you. I don't know why you got kicked out of your band, <laughs> but I'm not trying to, like, be the fucking Suicide Squad together. Like, that's Oh, my cool. God, yeah. You would have been, wow. Yeah. You know? But, uh, so, yeah, it's it's really nice, man. It's, it's a thing yeah. that comes from, you know... Cause, cause I'm, you know, I know that I'm, I know that I know what I'm doing on my instrument, but a lot of that stuff came from friends, came from people being like, oh man, it'd be great to have him around. So yeah, it's, it was really nice. And then, you know, that was like the first wave, right? And then when I had the like glass jaw and, and angels thing happening at the same time, I was like, really, this is going to happen again? <laughs> great. And I yeah. had friends in my personal life being like, wow, so you just decided to be a fucking rock star again and they let you? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> Pretty yeah, much. Sort of. Pretty yeah. much. Yeah, sort of. Going for it. Yeah. Going for it. Yeah. But, but if we're speaking about relationships and stuff like that, we should get into angels and airwaves. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. you've been in the band now for two years. You and Tom DeLong go way back working with each other on, on various things and touring 
throughout the early days and, and everything like that. What is it being like becoming a member of Angels now, working with him a little bit more closely and just really the whole experience so far? Yeah, uh, it, it's it's interesting, man. Like like you said, uh, Tom was a big supporter of TBS back in the day. The, the whole band was uh, Mark and Travis. Like Blink took us out a lot and we did um, all kinds. Of, for, for a long time, it felt like, oh, we exist under this Blink-182 umbrella, which was also <laughs> catapulting our band forward. Yeah. You know, that was, those were our first, like, you know, amphitheater and shed shows were, were opening for Blink. And um, I remember first encountering those guys and first of all, being blown away by how big they, they were yeah. physically. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then also being like, oh my God, they really are this funny and smart all the time. Like, you can't it's pretty hard to be faster than Mark or funnier and smarter than Mark and Tom to get like, do you know what I mean? Like they're, they were really like just these kind of superhero pop punk superheroes back then. And um, so, and I had spent a, we had spent a lot of time around Tom and it was interesting, like kind of figuring out who he is um, cause even then, I mean, he had his hands in a dozen different things that he was trying to do because he's really, really got a ton of energy and he's really prolific and, you know, he, he gets ideas and he then sets them in motion kind of right away. So when it came to discussing like playing together and, and, and making music together and stuff like that, um, I was pretty excited because I was curious to see what that sort of next step forward mm. to the inner circle was going to be like. Honestly, it was like a lot like the rest of it had been where it was like he he really like was very um, clear about wanting to like, like do your thing, play what you want. And like, I want you to really feel at home here. He was really like welcoming. Um, and I had, you know, obviously had known David from uh, – for many years of touring as well, both with Angels and before Angels on like Warp Tours and stuff where David was with Hazen Street. And uh, the, t- the first Angels tour wa- was with TBS. So, you know, we went from supporting Blink for years and then <laughs> Angels got born. And then the very first tour was like a TBS Angels co-headliner with to break it really full circle, Head Automatica. So, wow. Um, oh, yeah, that's... Out. That's what really makes the whole thing so, for me, like this very incestuous fucking hot tub orgy situation because <laughs> hey, uh, I was just, yeah, I was always around people. I was always, uh, you know, gonna be making music with. I didn't even know it. Um, you know, I think uh. Tyson, Tyson and I had the same hairstylist in 2002 before I had even joined Taking Back Sunday, I was living in Williamsburg and I was getting my hair cut one day from this lovely lady and she had a picture of Ty on her mirror, you know, the way <laughs> they do that. And I was like, oh, is that, is that, your, is that a little boy? Who is that? And she was like, oh, because he's like, you know, at that time he was like 18. He was like very, yeah. they were, when they were hitting, they were super, super, when Swing Swing was out, they were like very, very young. Like people forget that. And she was like, oh, no, that's this guy whose hair I cut. And he's very talented and he's so sweet and blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, a few years later, we were rubbing elbows at uh, on tour and stuff like that. So, mm. um, wait, what was the question? I'm blabbing my fucking face off right now. It, oh, yeah. <laughs> Angels the the just Tom thing Tom. was like, yeah, 
It, it was great, man. I mean, and and certainly um, as a bass player, when someone's like, "Hey, do you want to join a band?" The drummer's Elon Rubin. It's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Where is he? Nah, like, nah. You know? I don't fancy. <laughs> no, nah, I don't yeah. fancy. I don't fancy being perfectly in time forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's wild. It's uh, it was a, so so for me with everyone being kind of. You know, there's another thing to this age or this time for me that is really interesting is that like when you're in a band and you're in your 20s, even sometimes in your 30s, bands are like kind of like street gangs hopped up on their own testosterone, you know, like and you kind of have to be because if you don't believe in yourself and if you don't think you're the shit, no one else really will. You have to be the first one to sort of really bring that. But if you're still that way in your 30s and 40s, you're a fucking idiot. And like, you kind of don't, re- you haven't really appreciated the wonderful life you've been given. You don't treat it with the respect it deserves. If you're still someone who kind of, um, you know, shits on your fans and doesn't have the, I don't know. I, I just, there, there's a way to be. And, and being in a band with these guys who have all been around and been doing, you know, the, the, the collective amount of music that the four of us have been a part of over the years, Blank Boxcar, um, you know, Elon's and Nine Inch Nails. Like, there's so much uh, experience and um, kind of like, just like salt on us. Everyone knows who they are. There's no like weird, I don't feel any weird tensions. It's like, we all, even the stuff about us that like, you know, we were just talking about this the other day where like, even our like tendencies or shortcomings or things like that, like, we each know what we are each like. So when one of us is behaving the way one of us does, it's not like, it's like, oh yeah, that's him doing what he does and we love him. So it's cool. Like, you know, it's a, it's a very Zen kind of thing. Um, And then, you know, and then it's still being around Tom. So it's fun and funny and light while also making music that he really like stands behind and believes in. Like there's some stuff about this last record that we made that, it didn't really hit me until rehearsal sometimes where I was listening to some of the lyrics and I was like, oh, he's really fucking trying to say something this time around. He's really going for it. And um, making a record with, with those four is really, that's what it's always about for me. It's like, if I'm going to get popped in a band, it's like, I better not fucking ruin this. And, and oh boy, I can't wait to make a record. Like, I can't wait to like get into the music. So I'm really pleased with the the contribution I was able to make on this. And um playing live with the guys and, and touring is is really great. I, I hope this year doesn't go to hell and that we can do a lot more of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. Um, yeah. Here's a question. Here's a question. It's got to be the same with the President of the United States. If so, if I had Joe Biden on, I'd be asking the same question. Okay, um, great. How soon were you in that circle until you saw uh, proof of a UFO? So... Uh, well, I wish Joe was here to help. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know, Joe, come on. So it really—that's one of the interesting things. Obviously, like you know, when I talk to almost anyone, that's like sometimes <laughs> the first question and yeah. often the second question. Um, and it is really interesting being—you know—I'll I'll tell you on our first tour, I was really surprised uh, because, or not surprised, but this was interesting. Little side note was like. Our, like, group backstage hangs, like, our green room and guest list and stuff like that, like, you remember what backstage is like back in the day. We were all basically just, like, drinking or being stupid or, like, trying to meet girls or whatever, you know, being, like, doing doing young men things. Uh, these days, 
are, or at least on that first tour with Angels, the backstage hang was like kids, um, family, friends, and like, you know, aerospace professionals or like ex, <laughs> like ex-CIA people or like, oh, this guy was on like a Navy SEAL extraction team. And like, you know, this person is the inventor of the so-and-so laser. And um, But in a way where I was like, this is fucking because then there'd be these, like, a group of people would come in and it would be like, oh, we're all going in here and the door would close and there would be a chat that I wasn't invited to or Whoa. privy to. And I'm not saying it was like, I'm not saying it was crazy stuff. I'm just saying, like, often we were meet, I was meeting people that I were like, oh, this has nothing to do with rock and roll in any way whatsoever. These people are, uh, you know, no Tom through to the stars or through, um, you know, some aspect of his interest in in that subject. And it is really interesting to be kind of close to um, at least what the media, you know, in the last year or two, like what's like kind of close to ground zero of like the discussion around whether or not this thing exists and what the government and the government. Uh, yeah, right. But the government sort of like, you know, um, brokering or, or ushering us to or from this thing. Like, and that's one of the most fascinating aspects of it to me is like. Any government trying to extend its rule off the planet is fucking insane. It's ins an insane thing because we're no longer even dealing in the realm of, of men, of humans, of yeah. men and women. You know what well, I mean? Is, like, it's, yeah. it's crazy. This is the thing. Like, I'm, I'm 100% in. I'm sold. Um, yeah. I, you know, I 100% believe and I cannot wait for more evidence. This is why, like, things like it's exciting. Like, oh, if we had Tom on. He'd just, uh, he'd, he'd, I think he'd hang up straight away. He'd be like, you, shut up. I know all this. Yeah. You're telling me stuff. He's I like, know yeah. you fucking brick. Yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah. As, yeah. Has he ever shown you anything um, that other people haven't seen? We've talked about, like, when we've, one of our first conversations was during a time when he was really dealing with a couple of different things and he had been uh, either. I don't know if it was in his possession or he'd been privy to observing uh, a piece of some kind of uh, from a craft or some sort of thing that like it didn't refract light and it was like appeared kind of invisible or something like that. And he had spoken to me about um, feeling like that he he had been he was being, you know, followed or at least like intimidated at times and stuff like that. I really hope I'm not saying anything I'm not supposed to say but you just uh, have a SWAT team coming through your window right now and <laughs> totally oh, yeah, which, no! yeah and it's LA so people would just be like oh they're shooting in there yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they just think it would be a film uh, but yeah man I, it's never been like hey come downstairs I've got a frozen alien in the fridge but, um, come meet my friend you know, at what do you mean at yeah I will say lately it's quieted down a lot like even his own discussion of it and in the press I know I don't think he's like taking uh, talking about that uh, uh, lately so you know it's but it isn't you know it's the nature of the subject and the persona that he is sort of ascribed and developed himself over many years of performing and being like running around nude on MTV um, it, it really is a it, it's it's kind of like a perfect thing to sort of a perfect way to plant doubt and be like, you mean this guy is somewhat close to the center <laughs> of this already very sort of subjective material is like, you know. Yeah. That's what that's what Joe Rogan did and I fucking hated that. 
I fucking yeah. It's easy because it's a fucking lob. It's an easy thing to be like. So uh, let me get this straight. You go from uh, warp tour to uh, Saturn. Is that how it goes? And it's like, dude, fuck you. (laughs) Yeah. Like, hey man, do me. Yeah, Joe. Hey Rogan, why don't you change your genre of music forever and then come back and talk to us? You (laughs) fucking hack. But the the crazy thing, he's completely fucking since he's had like, um, who did he have on? Bob Lazar, for example. He had Bob Lazar, who's apparently worked on the fuckers. Now he's fully in, and he's like, I've seen him say, like, oh, perhaps Tom DeLong was right. And I was like, yeah, yeah, he fucking was. And you spent the whole time being a fucking dick. Well, that's the problem with, with fame in the, in, the, in the very moment of 2020, 2021, is that fame is now an aggregate of eyeballs, and it is not uh, an indicator of or a metric of any kind of like ability or talent. Now you can retrofit that and say, well, if a hundred million people listen to a guy talk, that must be talent, right? But not necessarily because people like shit. Pe- like by and large, you know, the things that really rate with people sometimes are kind of not great. So, um, and I don't I have no interest in like you know getting into it with somebody like him. I, I, I'm not even on on that level, but. It is kind of a, a weird thing because he, what he really presents is, I've always found that show to be like, whenever I've like checked it out, I'm like, this is just a guy who's not that smart having people on that are smart while he goes, yeah, I don't know. You might be right. And it's like, it's not a, it's not even really like critical thinking. It's not even all that insightful. It's him just kind of being like, wow, over stuff that lots of other people already know. You know, but that these days is like people do want to listen to a guy that's just about as smart as them wrestle with things that are like 10, 10 leagues above their pay grade, you know. So what? A, it's an easy thing to have Tom on because Tom is also like filled with energy and will talk. And like it's a pretty easy thing to try and just like back him into a corner and be a dick about it because of the nature of the subject matter because people are already so skeptical. Um, You know, like, if you made it anyone else, if you made it, like, you know, like, I'm trying to think of, like, another, like, nut, like, if it was, like, what's his name from Bush being, like, you know, I don't know if you... (laughs) Rossdale. (laughs) Rossdale, yeah, or, like, the singer from The Offspring, like, I don't know, like, it's just kind of, like, one of those things where, like, no matter if it's, if it's, if it was anyone or an actor, it's the same sort of thing, like, you can't, it's very hard to, like, cross the line and be like, I would like to be regarded seriously in this matter that is already yeah. kind of a thing of great dispute. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But yeah, but I am looking forward to hearing Lifeforms when it's released, man. It seems that, like, it's been a lot of fun in the studio and everything. But talking about the kind of those, like, full circle moments and just making music with people you didn't realize you would do in the future, like, it's got to be at some point because... You mentioned how supportive Tom and Blink and stuff used to be to you back in the day. And like he even directed TBS's This Photograph is Proof music video. So it must just be nice to like think back of those and see how far your friendship has come. Yeah, truly. And and I remember, you know, it's funny because I remember what he was like as a director that day and how we put that video together. And it's honestly not dissimilar to the way we put Angel's videos together, except he's a better director who has more knowledge of filming. And, you know, he's just like, he's just been steeping in it longer. But he was like, you know, we would we would have 
two or three ideas for a setup, and then he we'd discover something else while shooting, and he'd be like, oh, that's rad, let's do that. And then everyone goes, okay, so we're going to break this down, and we're going to set it up over here now? And like, yeah. And then we do that. And he really is the kind of guy who, like, via his enthusiasm, you can see, you can, it, it permeates uh, in a collaborative setting, it permeates through everybody. And certainly there are people that are like, okay, what time are we supposed to finish though? And, um, but, and people that get along with it. Like I was on set with him for, um, for, for Monsters of California, which is his like full feature that he's like written and directed. It's, it's crazy watching him go from like, we were in a tiny warehouse to make the photograph is proof video. And now he's like, you know, got a dozen locations and he's shooting all over the place and doing stuff. So like, yeah, it is kind of like um, looking back over all the different times we've like kind of crossed paths or worked together at this point to be, you know, in a band together. It, uh, yeah, it's it's special, you know, it's like a thing where it's like, wow, this is but it's also how everything that I've ever been a part of goes where like you, you know, think about it, man, you know, when you're going to do something, you're going to re- record a song or, or anything you don't call like somebody that you heard was a prick, but they're good at what they, you call people you like to be around. Like I don't, I, I there was a decisive point where I was like, Oh, I don't think I'm going to call anyone that I don't like anymore. Cause as a musician, that can be a thing. You're like, I got to call this guy. He's a bit of a shithead, but like, he's going to kill it. And then I just was like, no, I'll just look harder for someone who's not a shithead who, who does kill it. So it is like this thing of like, looking back and seeing especially the haircuts man fuck like looking back at like the different times i've been around tom and what it's great you know it's it's kind of a trip to think that it started where it did and that it's uh it's actually still going so that's something that i'm kind of yeah well i if yeah i completely didn't realize until then where you were on about times when you you and him have crossed paths or whatever but then uh, yeah i mean i'm in that crossing the path as well because the blackout opened for blink when you right. were playing bass for All-American Reject. <laughs> yeah. I'd completely forgotten about that. That's fucking mad. Yeah. So, but back to, say, back to uh, you know, forgetting things over the course of a career. Like, there are times when, uh, when people are, like, referencing a show or a, a moment or a hangout, something that we did, and they're like, yeah, that was with, uh, you were with, uh, you were, what were you doing there? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm Could not have sure. been anyone. Could have yeah. been anyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyone was, uh, if there was a place to stand with a bass guitar, it was, I yeah. was probably there. Were yeah. any of the, were any of the Fugees there? No. Right. <laughs> no. Nope. So it must right, have been good. after this Post point. 2000. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Post 2000. Post 2000. <laughs> Oh, literally, yeah. But it, it must also be fun uh, getting to wind up Elon Rubin a little bit as well with um, some like funky kind of instruments and extra strings he doesn't like. Do you yeah. get to wind him up or do you just not bother because he might explode? <laughs> uh, it's, well, we we have a Venn diagram of stuff we know we both like. Okay. <laughs> and then yeah. there's the parts where... It's not a Venn diagram. It's like a it's like a lopsided orb where I probably like everything he likes, and he just knows what of the things I like he despises. <laughs> uh, but but at the end of the day, it's a bit you know it's it's uh, he he definitely uh, you clearly spent some time around him like has yeah. some spice spicy opinions and is like a, a strong willed <laughs> fellow. But uh, you know a lot of a lot of great people are so uh, and and you know. When you're hitting the drums and writing and playing every instrument the way he does, you kind of that's that's the kind of shit to me that I'm like, well, I kind of love that. So yeah, well, oh no, he's he's definitely the most talented musician I've ever met. I think 
Um, yeah, he's a bad fuck, boy. He's fucking incredible. But yeah, we yeah. we just, yeah, we didn't have the same music. As you can imagine, as I've told you, some yeah. of my favorite bands are. Um, we didn't have the same musical opinion. Um, it's strange said, too, because it, it shocks me what he won't go for. Do you know what I mean? Like some stuff where I'm like, even stuff that I've shown him where I'm like, hey, check out this drummer and he'll be like not into it or something like that. And I find it interesting because there are times where I'm like, I would think this would jive with you and it doesn't. But, you know, that's just uh, that's just a matter of a, a taste and opinions and stuff like that. And to be really honest, like I played with a lot. I've been lucky to play with a lot of great musicians and specifically a lot of great drummers. Um, but man, when we're when we're doing it together, it's just it's very, very fucking satisfying to just it. And, you know, Angel's bass work is not uh, even life forms. You know, I got to really like kind of go for it, play a lot of stuff on it. But still, it's a lot of just playing rock, playing eighth notes. And when you're doing that with somebody who's just fucking ripping the drums to pieces, it's that much more satisfying to do. So, uh, and in soundcheck and rehearse, like we literal rehearsal, Angel's rehearsal is like, you know, we'll play a song. And then as soon as it's done, I mean, like, we are just like fucking jamming right away, (laughs) like instantly jamming on some bullshit. And then David and Tom stand there and look at us and they're like, just we get the stare and then Tom's like, there was this great fucking thing that happened in rehearsal last week where uh, it was before we had started playing and Ilan was like working something out where he was like playing uh, like a, 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 a Tom sort of thing, but it was like this odd grouping fill thing that he was trying to do. And he was working it out, of course, very slow at first. And then eight seconds later, he's playing it at like top, yeah, top speed. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, I was running like a, like a, like a diet, like an arpeggio exercise up and down the neck. And I heard what he was doing, but I wasn't playing in time with him or along to it, but I was looking at him and I was doing like a totally different thing. And he was doing his thing. And then we stopped and Tom was like, what song was that? And we were like, oh, we weren't playing together. And he was like, I literally can't tell when you guys are or are not. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's just, we get into the real like nerdosphere as far as like, you know, just playing all kinds of bullshit and uh it, but it's but stuff like refused like just doesn't land on him nope it wow. doesn't nope doesn't he said land to on me um yeah he once said to me that um no good music has been made after 1986 and then i said to him that couldn't have been true because i don't think music started till 2000 uh <laughs> when hot dog uh chocolate starfish <laughs> and the hot dog flavor water came out and you can only you could only yes. imagine. You could only yeah. imagine what his opinions yeah, yeah. are on the limp biscuit. Um, and how many years ago would that have been, too? When when about or, was this tour? There was a while ago. Um, yeah, this would have yeah, been yeah. two thousand and four, five, six ish. I reckon. Yeah, you were just, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. So he was. How old was he? He was, he was about eighteen. Tw- he was about eighteen. Yeah, tw- 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 <laughs> yeah, I was like, who the fuck do you think? Number one, I'm older than you, and I'm not scared to give you a slap, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Number two, uh, you only like Queen, bro. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> and I know at one point he went, actually, I tell a lie. I like Muse as well, and I was like, oh well, in that case, then fucking back in the game, bro. Muse got grandfathered in by by uh, Queen. Yeah, didn't he? Um, he's played with Matt Bellamy though since I think. I think yeah, I've seen they him. do. 
they do that Beatles thing together, I think, mm. right? It's uh, it's like a Beatles cover band, which I'm sure is just ripping to oh, pieces. Oh, yeah. seen it yet, yeah. A lot of inhaling on the microphone. Yeah. But... Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we get, we get, we get him out. Yeah. Um, um, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, I had some fantastic... Yeah, I've had some fantastic arguments with Ilan on the road. I'm watching him argue... Um, with other Welsh people was fucking fantastic as well. <laughs> we've um, we've settled into like I said before we've settled into like we all know each other and we celebrate the differences between us and um, we got on right away I mean honestly we we met well we met back then on some gigs where I guess he was with Lost Profits and I was paying, playing with Taking Back Sunday um, I think I met him for the first time in Manchester wow at an O2 o- o- uh, somewhere and uh and and we didn't really get i don't really remember interacting with him all that much but i remember being like oh it's a it's a kid um and then years later what you know i had seen him do the 9 inch nails gig uh because i went to the i went to see a show in uh at the barclay center in, in brooklyn it was pino paladino was playing bass oh yeah and uh it was just fucking awesome and uh, then when I sort of became aware of him uh, via angels and stuff like that, um, we met actually on a video. We shot a video for Angels and Airwaves before we had played anything. It just like it was what came up in the in the schedule. And we were the first two there uh, at the shoot. And we were he was we just I think his first question was like, OK, let me ask you about this Motown bass playing. What do you think? And it was like, and it just, it was something like that, you know, where it just started from there. And then we just had like an, a long conversation about what we liked and, and music stuff. And he was like, I remember him sort of trying to size me up and being like, okay, so you're like a bass player who loves all things bass and you know, all the lineage and history and stuff. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, okay. You know how he is when he's like talking to you and and he's very serious. Oh yeah, he's, he's like suss, really. Yeah, he's definitely. He's all. I feel like he was always trying to suss people out, like and always trying to get to the bottom of what they like. Like that's why me and him, like from my end, I love him. Right, I think he's fucking yeah, fantastic. Yeah. I think of he's fantastic. But the other way round, <laughs> I don't. Th- I don't think the same yeah. love is there. Like I think he, he saw me, and obviously that fucking cunt that I was friends with, right, as being. Um, like similar in personality way, so I think he just instantly was like, "Oh, not a fucking other version of this cunt I'm in a band yeah, with." Exactly, <laughs> exactly. I've already got this in my life. <laughs> yeah, oh, uh, not, an- not another yeah. one that can't speak properly. Oh, for fuck's yeah. sake! Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, oh, what yeah it's a good thing. Tra- yeah, didn't didn't Travis? Did, am I making this up? Didn't Travis teach Ilan? Uh, at some point, yes, I believe so. So did. Is Tom aware moment. of Ilan because of Travis, or is that just happened? I don't know why I'm asking you. I'm sorry, uh, yeah, you know what? You and I feel bad that I don't know because yeah. it sounds like Fun the kind Tom. of thing that I. Fun Tom, we need to yeah. know. Right now. Uh, um, dude, the number of times that I've unsuccessfully phoned Tom on a podcast or on a live stream—it's so funny because like we we talk a good, we all talk a good amount whenever yeah, we're yeah. like you know around, but. Uh, I was doing a live stream thing for our uh, Empire Club thing, which is like the band's like kind of fan, inner circle fan club thing, and uh, probably not what they call it anymore, but that's what I say. And uh, I was getting a lot of questions, and it was great. We were having a nice conversation with people, and then somebody was like, "Hey, phone Tom," and I was like, "Oh, okay." 
And then, you know, I phoned him and he didn't answer. And then they're like, call David. And I did. And David didn't answer. And then Elon. And then Elon didn't answer. And I was just like, yeah, oh, I can do that. Sorry. I promise yeah, you totally. I'll answer. <laughs> yeah. If you call me in five minutes, I'll numbers. answer. Please. Yeah, it was so crazy. But uh, yeah, it's, I don't know what the, I know that the, the Elon and Travis thing goes back uh, to when he was pretty young. But I don't know if it was like a, you know, if it was like lessons or a lesson or a mentorship or what. But I don't even really know. Uh, that's a great question. I don't know how Tom and Elon actually started or encountered mm. one another the well, first time. I was going to say, we're going to have to get one of them on to ask. But <laughs> yeah. number one, I can't see me doing a full hour with Elon without him going, <laughs> just stop, you know nothing of music, child. Get away from me. <laughs> you guys, you know what you should do? You, you should make a playlist for him and he should make oh, a playlist for you. Oh, and you guys God. should just go past the ox back and forth. That would just end bad. That would end so badly <laughs> you great content great content, content but it would end yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 that would be fucking yeah. awful for him uh, oh wow. I, f- I feel bad for him just having to think of what he'd have to listen to and I know how much it would grate him like <laughs> but yeah yeah cause he would he would probably hit you with some like uh some something symphonic maybe yeah. mm. oh, just yeah. to just to, as a fir- as an initial like uh, you'd probably get some Bach first, yeah. and then Test the and then he, yeah, yeah, and then uh, and then you'd, you know an onslaught of the Beatles mm. and what have you. <laughs> wow. Well, yeah. well, Matt. Since we've gone through your back catalog a little bit, people listening to this can't expect me to have you here and not talk a little bit about Taking Back Sunday. If that's they are cool. Morgan's favorite band of all time. So sorry Literally, about that. Matt. And you know, where you want to be in louder now, uh, two of my favorite Wait, records ever. Di- oh, really? Wow. I yeah, don't know. No. If, have we like discussed that before? I, no, I didn't re- no, no, no. realize that. I don't think we have, but yeah, literally cool. two of my favorite records of all time. I'm sure you do get that. Oh, right on. Um, Thank but, you. but from 2003 to 2010, so much happened with Taking Back Sunday when you were involved from kind of blowing up to the movement of emo getting signed by Warner Brothers and everything. I know it didn't end well the way you would have wanted it, but when you look back at the band and your time and everything you kind of accomplished, like how do you see it? How do you remember those things? Because as I said, so much happened in those like seven years. Yeah, we definitely... um we def- definitely from joining until the very last day, we worked a lot. We worked our asses off. And the, which is strange because I feel like today's music business paradigm is like there is record, there's no record cycle anymore. You're always making music, recording, touring, performing. There is no seasonality of it. There used to be this very distinct season kind of thing. And um, I feel like we worked 10 months a year, every year, the whole time I was in it. And uh, it was great. It was super fun. Um, when I look back on it, it's it's an interesting mix of like remembering, you know, the, the, the highlights and even just like, you know, any day on tour. It was like a fun thing to do, obviously. And also like there was a, a, a pretty from the onset from the moment I got there, a pretty uh, steady, I would say, like flow of dysfunction or difficulty, which could have come from any number of things at any given moment, whether it was, uh, you know, substance or a, a label or another band, the rivalry shit, gossip, 
you know, all, all that stuff. And the fact that all of those bands around that time were like mostly fucking white boys under 28, you know, like <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the, the culture around that whole thing was, uh, you know, like uh, largely like suburban kids that had just made it into bands that were now big enough to like sell out rooms. Um, so it, it's crazy. Like we, we definitely had, it was like it, the chemistry of the band was different than the chemistry of the people, if that makes sense. Like there were, there are times where I was like, wow, oh, we do have the stuff to do this, to, to write a song or to like, you know, play a, play a big show and have it go well or something like that. Despite the fact that we couldn't get through a conversation all together without it being, <laughs> you know, we had some great, we had some sunny times. We had some times where everyone was like, this is fun. This is great. We are cool. But it, it you know, when I, I, I always say this thing that it was kind of like the whole experience felt like about 65% of the dream because it was like all of the context was there and all of the, you know, we were, there was a tour bus, there was a record label, there were shows, there were, um, you know, opportunities an and yeah, yeah an audience, there was a, a diehard fan base. You know, we really had all the, all the elements, um, that a band could ever dream of. And then it's just one of those things where I had spent most of my early twenties really fucking starving and playing music, uh, here and there. And, you know, we, that's what I was saying before with the Lauren Hill thing was like 1998. And then there were years of like, Oh shit, what am I doing? Uh, and, um, you know, there, there, there's kind of like this, this, this thing of like it being consistently pretty dysfunctional, even when it was going great. So getting used to that is sort of, was sort of what made the end strange because I had become, I had become conditioned to accept what a good day for us was versus what a bad day for us was, because that was also always kind of being written by the, from the inside, which is like, um, you know, there would be days where it would work out and things would be cool. And then there would be times where I'd be like, today's the last day. This is never going to work. And it's too crazy and it's too tumultuous. And then, um, you know, even all the way to my, my, you know, sort of dismissal, it made sense. Cause I was like, oh yeah, this, how this, this, this is how this crew kind of rolls. It's sort of like, there isn't a ton of integrity or transparency about anything ever. It's just sort of always like, uh, you know, you make it however you want to make it. But it was the sort of thing where because I had become used to a certain amount of like dysfunction and tumultuousness, um, the, the part of the story that's like at that point, like, oh, Rabano was too much or he was a dick or whatever is like, it would have been impossible to tell who was being a dick at any given moment because we had allowed such horseshit behavior from people for so long that for them to be like, oh, there's a reason now that we don't want to do this with you anymore. It was like, cool, it sounds like there's something else going on. And then when press photos of the reunion came out a few hours after mm. that phone call, I was oh. like, oh, that's what this is about. It was it was really right under my nose or behind my back, I guess is how you'd say it. Uh, so, you know, but, but I don't, I'm not there with it anymore. You know, that's uh, 11 years ago at this yeah. point. Yeah. And, and I'm not... You know, it didn't define me when I joined it, and it certainly doesn't define me now, but I'm proud of what I did in that band, and I loved doing it. It's just, you know, the 
the wounds have healed. And even the thing that I've talked about a couple of times is like, I would never have, not never, but I, even at that point, I never thought about like, I don't want to do this anymore because I was invested in it. And I had like helped write a lot of music and did a ton of like, like I was like a, a very participating member of the band even in some cases where people had been in it for much longer had like sort of checked out and were just like waiting for checks to come. So I was like um, committed to it despite its dysfunction, just as a matter of equity. I had like been a part of it. So I never really thought I would walk away from it, which is why getting dismissed or getting, you know, bounced from it sort of provided me with a really unique way to go through it, which was like, you know, I always, I, I've talked about this where I've, I've mentioned that, like, that phone call, which was a fucking phone call that, that, that they uh, kicked me out, was, like, real short, not real detailed, fueled with emotion and tears. And when I got off the phone, I went from, like, a very brief moment of, like, seething migraine-inducing rage to I was really surprised by my own emotions where right after that i just felt a tremendous amount of relief which was like i don't have to do this anymore and it wasn't because i didn't want to it was just because i had never thought about like oh what would i do if i wasn't doing this and um you know as i've sort of demonstrated make more music i, I that's what i would have done so um i don't really you know i don't have an axe to grind with with that with the dudes uh, or or even that moment at this point it's so it's in the books it's in hi the history books and the and the story tells itself so um i look back on it still as like one of the most wonderful things that ever came into my life albeit one of the strangest and and, <laughs> and most like i i think it's such a great you know objectively speaking i think it is like a great band to for someone to really write us yeah. a book about or to really truthfully not my truth the truth truthfully tell the story of that band from beginning to, to end because there aren't a lot of stories like it and if the band had been a, a, a commercially more successful thing i think we'd have a behind the music already or something like that yeah. Do you know what i mean like yeah. uh and i'm not saying that as an insult but like it had it been a little more of a household name and just as tumultuous we probably have a, a film by now or something. Yeah, somebody, no. somebody's got to die first, I think. Right? Somebody, <laughs> somebody has to pass. Would you, um, would you? Well, say now, in five years' time, Take a Back Sunday film is coming out. Um, is uh, Matthew Robano playing? Being played by the actor Matthew Robano. <laughs> that would be his greatest challenge of all time. Yeah. To somehow be himself. Uh, no, I would hope uh, I would hope they'd get like fucking somebody cool like Oscar Isaac or somebody to get it get get I'd teach bass choreography so that it looked right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Just Which come up in the credits done. afterwards. I've done that. I've done that for, for a gig before I, I helped, uh, I don't know if it came out. I think it got, maybe got the plug got pulled on it, but I got called by a friend of a friend to give, um, this actor, a wonderful actor, um, bass lessons because he was going to be playing Gene Simmons in the, in a kiss movie wow. that was meant to come out. And he was, uh, he could actually play. He had learned like love gun or something. He could like really play a little bit. And it was more about like getting him to 
appear to be playing and like stand in a way that was uh, Gene Simmonsy. But um, yeah, no, I, I, I would imagine, uh, or they'll, you know, or they'll like give me like Topher Grace. Topher Grace would end up playing somebody like <laughs> somebody snarky. Uh, they'll give me, a, they'll get a snarky little prick to play me. Not that Topher Grace is a prick. He's, you know, he's fine. But uh, somebody who who casts like that, you know, it'll be stiller. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. What no, it'll be. no, yeah, no, but I. I I totally get your points on it as well because you know, from from the outside and then what actually would have been in the band it does seem like two different things. We had um, Fred Mascherano on the podcast not so long ago and he shared yeah. his experiences through that as well. But it is nice to see that you two in particular are still really you know fond of the albums you made and the kind of uh, impact it's had on that kind of genre because I think you know louder now where you want to be definitely had his influence on a lot of those kind of pop punk emo bands that have come through since. Um, Louder now has actually hit 15 this year. It would have been the 15th anniversary of that record. Do you have like any little memories from positive maybe from the studio (laughs) at that time? Because there's so many, for me, great bass parts on there, especially for like error and just, you know, all the way for the record. Uh, that was a, that was a very, you know, um, only a couple of weeks ago. So the studio uh, that we made that record at was called Barefoot Studios. And it's only about a half a mile from where I live right now in oh. Los Angeles. It has recently closed. Eric Valentine, who owned it and produced Louder Now, uh, has sold it and relocated to Vermont, I believe, where he's building or has built a new studio. And, um, in choosing Eric to make that record, it was almost solely based on his, uh, you know, really diverse discography and also songs for the deaf where we were like, fuck, we want to sound like that. <laughs> and, um, you know, and, and Eric being this kind of like really like a perfect blend as a producer, the perfect blend of like artist and scientist where he fully has his head wrapped around the science of recording yet is really artful with how he does things. And um, so, yeah, getting to record on that, the process of doing bass track of tracking the bass for that record was like um, a super indulgent, even though we only took like probably like three or four days, I think it was really indulgent and really like we went for it on every fucking, you know, it was the first time I had played like a short scale bass with flat wounds or like a 12 string bass. Or uh, if we were playing, you know, I have my, you know, the ba- the bass that I played a lot with, uh, I don't know if I play that with TBS, but I have this black jazz bass, a 1972 jazz bass that I play a lot. And <clears throat> It was during that session that that bass is on most of louder now. And during that session, Eric was like, I don't know, these pickups are weak, man. Let's let's change the pickups. And it was like in the middle of a song. And we were like, (laughs) "Okay." And we just went. He did everything. You know, there was an assistant, but he really was this like fully hands on guy. So uh, getting to track one on one with him and and him being. I, re- I had a lot of respect for him as a as a musician and, and as a producer. So when I was uh, something I have a lot of experience with, like working with an artist or a producer on a song and like trying to figure out the difference between making your contribution or just sort of trying to like get the song done. You know, sometimes there's more elaborate ideas that play and sometimes it's just like take care of business, especially for the bass. But I remember being really like, it's like one of those things where it's almost like a metal detector where like you have a good idea and you ask him like, is this a good idea? And sometimes he'd be like, "Mm." 
And then other times he'd be like, oh, yeah, let's record that. And then, you know, it was but it was this thing where it was like you would know you were on the right track if Eric was getting like if Eric went from like this excited to this excited. And he'd be like, <laughs> yes. Uh, so it was really fun, man. And and I, you know, same like I don't really listen to that. Yeah. Those records ever. Yeah. Because on the weird, uh, on the odd occasion that, like, uh, I hear one of those songs or, like, it really, it takes me back. Like, it really is like, whoa, ah, man. I, you know, there are songs on Louder now that if I had to play right now, I'd be fucked. Like, I wouldn't know how to <laughs> play, you know. I would take me a, a, a listen or two for the muscle memory to come back. But, um, yeah, I'm, I mean... I, I'm really proud of of that of those those record all of them really um, and 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 on that record is like I remember what inspired what parts what songs and stuff like that like uh, I'll let you live is like my version of a glass jaw baseline in the sense that it is this like kind of upper register melody thing and also fucking really nasty and gnarly in the low low end of things so. Um, yeah, that, that full circle thing. And Eric, who also had made a uh, gigantic record for the All-American Rejects and the Dwarves and Third Eye Blind and Good Chart. Like, he had just, yeah. you know, it was almost yeah. like put anyone in the studio with him and it's going to do well. So, uh, yeah, man, those the, those were some times. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's mad to think about that. Like, those early 2000s, if you look at it now, like, especially over here, especially in the UK and especially South Wales as well, I guess. So many New York, Long Island type bands came out who changed yeah. the fucking game, changed the genre, even like changed yeah. genres. It was just, it was nuts. Like, yeah. I remember like observing it as a teenager when I went from being like an elementary school kid and I was listening to like a combination of like really like at that age, like fucking hair metal, like poison and shit like that. And then kind of like getting lured into Led Zeppelin and the Beatles and even like, you know, fucking Cream and the Grateful Dead. Stuff where I was like, oh, this is hipper than that. This is more real. You know, it, it, it read to me as a more like real thing. And then, um, you know, the, the onset of Guns N' Roses and that sort of stuff, which I... You know, which as a as a kid, still it seems like these like leather clad, long haired like psychos, and all of the lyrical content just going way over my head. Um, and then the changing of the guard when like grunge eventually hit when I was a teenager, and it just leveled that whole metal space flat. You know, and all of a sudden, like a shredding guitar solo wasn't cool, just but Pearl Jam was doing it somehow. Um, and like, you know, all those bands made rock this like blue collar kind of thing that was like very, very different in its aesthetic and its sound and it's in its like sort of loose sociopolitical content, you know? Um, and then of course, Kurt Cobain. Um, but like when that changing of the guard would happen as a kid, I'd remember being like, oh, that's not cool anymore. This is the thing now. And then to be, and I'm culturally not part of that wave of emo, punk, and hardcore becoming a thing because I was in fucking jazz college while it was happening. But but having joined TBS and witnessed it from the inside over those years where it went from like, we were just on Warp Tour to then we were on Spin and Rolling Stone and then, you know, on the magazines and everything. And then the music business came for us where all the majors were like, you know, oh, let's get 
Fallout Boy and Yellow Card and My Chemical Romance and all of those bands. Literally, my one of my first runs with TBS was TBS, Seosin, My Chem, and fuck, who's the other band? There was a fourth band. We were all in vans. We were playing like clubs and halls. It was fucking disgusting. Wow. It was like the peat of summertime. You know what I mean? Yeah. We were just... And it was this thing where then one calendar year later, everyone was like, uh, you know, a teen idol and was like <laughs> on, on magazines and like... Uh, Dating celebrities you know. and... <laughs> yeah, it was trippy. But that, But being in something like that when it happens... And then on the tail end, this very weird self-proclaimed like nostalgia era for emo that happened the day after it ended, seemingly. <laughs> yeah. I, right? I mean, I've, it's the only genre I've ever really seen declare its own death end, its <laughs> own <laughs> period. It's like emo was like the thing until like. I don't know, like maybe those fucking emo nights started and then it was like, oh no, this is throwback. And it was like, yeah, to last week. I'm laughing yeah. at this, right? And I fucking, I am lucky enough that I still get to DJ some of those fucking nights. But it I'm was, not shitting on it. No, yeah, no, I'm not shitting on it. It's, no, just, it's, it's a funny, yeah. it was a really modern way. It's very now for it to be like, this is the thing. And then like, oh, that was the thing. But we love that thing still. It's like, but from a different from a different point of view, from an ironic... No, it's not even ironic. It's like... No, it's fucking... No, you, no, you're fucking absolutely spot on with it. I've never thought of it. It's exactly... <laughs> it, that exact thing happened. People are like, do you know what? I think I'm fucking over this emo thing. Do you ever want to come yeah. to an emo club? <laughs> yeah, exactly right. I mean, the Eagles didn't put out their greatest hits. Like, you know, it was like 40 fucking years yeah, yeah. before anybody yeah. in the music business would put out like a, a reissue of an album or a greatest hits. And then even like the, there was a, a time when the Peppers put out a greatest hits and I was like, are they done? And it was like, no, it's just in between records and they label wanted to make some money. But it seemed like the bands started to get wind of that and they go, well, if we do go out and play the first record, we can shake down all the fans for a pretty penny. And I guess you can't, what are you going to do? How are you going to say no to that? I mean, but it's like definitely not an idea that a band has. It's definitely an idea that a fucking promoter has. Yeah, for sure. And like, or a, a venue owner, you know? So, and, and I guess whatever, like everybody wins, everybody makes money. People are dying to go see, uh, you know, fucking through being cool live, I guess, or something. I don't know. I, I Whatever. Um, but, you know, it is definitely a weird I get sad when I see stuff like that because, and not to be like too heady about it, but it is commerce um, suppressing art. It is business saying like, well, here's what the, here's what you should do if you want some money, kid. And if you want to keep making music and if you want to be still be a, an artist, then you maybe don't do that. And you put your effort and your energy into your craft and getting better at it or evolving or changing or something. But, um, you know, the world we live in today is like uh, harsh and plastic as ever. So I, I think some of that. And again, I really I, I don't want to sound like I'm criticizing people that do that stuff because like, you know, I'd go see fucking Bleed American live. I'd love oh, to go watch oof. that. You know, yes, I actually please. just missed that this weekend at Lollapalooza. But uh, oh. but it is a weird thing when bands do that and aren't making any new music or at least any new music that like that matters or that like hits with people because like I said, yeah, it's just this weird declaring it over when it's like, who says, says yeah. who? <laughs> yeah. Keep, keep going. No, it's true. It's true. 
I saw some people uh, recently um, comparing emo nights now to what eighties nights were like mm-hmm. for like to slightly older people. So, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's kind of that's going to be you know there'll be trap nights in or they're probably already happening somewhere. <laughs> um, it's just one of the, I find it interesting when I see like groups of 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 kids that are like maybe in their te- late teens or early twenties now cultural identity of like what your style is or what you're into or where you come from, where you grew up. It used to be about like seemingly like, you know, just what you were naturally exposed to. If you, like you said, if your older brother was driving a van for a punk band, you might end up doing something around punk bands too, or the, or vice versa. You know, um, I was friends with guys who played guitar. I ended up playing bass because they needed, you know, so on and so forth these days. But when I look at kids that are like, in their, you know, younger, they're doing, there's this really kind of unique thing where they are choosing their their looks or their interests lit- from a buffet of literally everything that has come before because it is all somehow accessible. Whereas when I was younger and the internet wasn't around, you had to like know people who knew shit or be really good at going out and seeking things out. You know, it was a very... Um, you really had to go do it instead of like Googling a picture of like somebody who, you know, Googling like what was, co- what is a two, what is a cool nineties look? And then just like getting that stuff. And it's fun when I see like a group of kids where like one of them is wearing like a fucking, you know, like a bucket hat and like a tank top and they look like they're trying to sing for the new radicals. And then like the kid next to him is like a metal head or a fucking look like is like a weird Ramon looking person <laughs> and then their their girlfriend is like uh trying to do share from clueless and yeah. like yeah and it's like this but it, but it is very it's a lot less like it's it feels like a lot less of a thing that someone arrived at and more just like they were like swiping 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 Ooh, i'm this but like when it comes to music and art i think it's cool to do that i think it's cool to be like wow fucking allison chains james brown janet jackson like just throw it all over the place and uh and come out on the other side making some some cool new shit but mm. um yeah man it's it's a funny thing yeah definitely definitely well we won't keep you for much longer matt because i know we've taken up a lot of your time yeah, it's and, all good well have uh, we started yet i didn't realize we, <laughs> yeah. we started is it i don't see the red light <laughs> yeah um but just a couple more quick things before we let you go um since we've talked about taking back sunday um any more microphones to the noggin since oh yeah have you, was it, after after that one was there any other close calls he's bound to have been close uh, I got I got my one of these fingers smashed against the finger um, the fretboard one day where I caught one in the hand, but it was uh, a, a real fast knock, so it didn't break anything, which is really good and lucky. Uh, yeah, there were. All, I mean, the crazy <laughs> thing is there were so many close calls that after actually having one, I was like, oh man, I was always that close to this fuck. <laughs> yeah, um, you were. yeah, that's. <laughs> Now I'll say it's funny with angels, like, you know, I'm not jumping off shit anymore and I'm not like, uh, you know, trying to shake my head off of my body, (laughs) but, uh, but it is like, um, I am on a gigantic platform. I don't know if you guys have seen any stage footprints. So that is not only because, um, I am short. It's entirely because I'm short. (laughs) Like, like, yeah, well, 
It's a little column A, little column B. It's a little yeah, bit your uh, height and the fact that Tom is fucking 7,000 foot tall as well. <laughs> yeah, oh. and David as well, yeah. He's got uh, that so, legs of me that he's yeah. got off some, some shit. Yeah, so I'm good and far away from the action these days. And uh, yeah, no, TBS, of anything I've ever been on stage with was always the most frenetic, rambunctious, out of control, like, you know, uh, stage presence, performance style. But it was one of the things that when I first, my very first gig with them, when I saw the show start, when I saw what the fucking crowd was like, and then when the show started and just what the deal was on stage, I was like, oh, hell yeah, this, let's fucking go and go crazy. Um, so, you know, for, for many years, I was just like, it was kind of like a chaos where if you get in line with the chaos, you're less likely to get hit by the microphone than if you're like, oh, we really shouldn't be doing this. And then you're going to get your <laughs> fucking head knocked off, you know? Yeah. No, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm surprised I'm surprised you didn't have PTSD after it. Like, like every gig you do now, as soon as the drummer like counts four in, you go, right. what the fuck? Right. Pl- huh? Or like what? a plexiglass box. Like... Yeah, or just like have a, a fence around me, like a like like the Blues Brothers, like some yeah. sort of like Nashville bar band. Yeah, uh, fucking brilliant. Uh, uh, went right yeah. back oh, into it without a I, second yeah, I go, thought. I go one more TBS thing. Um, was we all love our pets? Your favorite song you were involved with with taking back? Oh something? man, you know what's so funny, man? After this, I have a I have a student, a music student that I teach, who's a, a really young kid. He's eleven years old. And I teach him on Zoom. He's a friend of a friend of a friend's kid. And uh, he's really lovely. He's really talented. Um, He's interested in so many things. He's listening to all kinds of music. And uh, when when I was like referred to him and introduced as like, this is going to, he's going to teach you music. He did some Googling to figure out who I was. And he was, he really, really, really likes Make Damn Sure. And, but the thing he was absolutely most impressed with was, and I remember him saying it to me, he was like, I did some research on you to look at what, what, what you've done. And I think it's really cool that you were on Yo Gabba Gabba, was like the <laughs> thing that he said to me. And, and I was like, oh yeah. And he was like that. And then his, I swear to God, he goes, that show was really big for me and my brother growing up. And I was like, <laughs> so he like, so it's a, it, you know, and again, I forgot about that completely yeah. until you mentioned it. But like, uh, you know how the deal, what the deal is on that show, right? It's like they write the song for you and then you record it. Oh, and then you know go, Yeah, the, it's the Aquabats guys. So yeah. it's like oh. they record the song, they write the song and tell you what the video pitch is going to be. And then they send it to you and you learn it, record it, and then you go shoot the video. So, uh, I mean, that, dude, that era of TBS was really a fun, and that is a very small window. The window where we got Fozzie, wrote uh, New Again, recorded New Again, and everything in there was great. And then the record came out, and for some reason, when we showed up at the beginning of the touring cycle for that record, half the band was all of a sudden very shitty uh and but but the yo gabba gabba time was like where we were saying yes to everything as a band we were just like fuck it yeah we'll do that we'll do that we'll do that like because fozzy is like this really was this very like effusively positive guy and everyone was kind of feeding off of it and all i could think the whole time was like you're the wrong guy for this these dudes are filled (laughs) with hatred and like 
but I loved him. We got along very well, but it was just this very strange thing because all of a sudden we were all like smoking weed together and like hanging out, going out together. And it was like, wow, this is what it could be like. Um, but yeah, the, the We All Love Our Pets was peak peak good times before the end times. Yeah, well, I couldn't wow. get over... Well, yeah, you saying the Aquabats wrote it. Yeah, I thought it... I was like, oh, that's, that's TBS 101. Like, that's... They yeah. nailed that. <laughs> They've just gone... Yeah, no... It's a it's a good it's a good gig. It's a that's like a fun thing to do when you walk onto. The, I mean, I don't know if they're still doing it. I obviously don't watch children's television that much, but uh, that that walking onto that set is bonkers. I mean, it's like and it's a set that they don't put up and tear down all the time. It's just this very long. It's like twelve different setups that f- seamlessly go in and out of one another, laid out in a warehouse. So it's like their whole world exists all the time. It was really trippy. It was a really, really fun thing to be a part wow. of. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. And you mentioned yeah, uh, yeah. Um, doing some bass lessons and stuff. I, re- I noticed that that's something you've been doing a, a bit more regularly now. Yeah, it started certainly during uh, lockdown and 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 all of that stuff back when. Uh, back when COVID was cute for a couple of weeks in the beginning of 2020, where it was like, oh no, stay home for a little while. And uh, I start just because, you know, I had moved out here and was ready to tour and work with angels. And, and all of a sudden it was just like, okay, we're not doing anything at all. The whole world is over. Um, so I started doing some like recording, like remote recording stuff as every musician was trying to do. And then uh, teaching as well, because uh, I just was like, really fucking bored um you know which is you know where we're still at for you guys but uh was the kind of thing where i was like i gotta figure out some ways to spend my time that i'm actually enjoying and uh teaching is something that i kind of like i think i'm i think i'm good at it and uh i do enjoy helping someone like kind of figure themselves out or figure out at least like being able to share something you know with someone who is interested in that thing sounds really simple. I'm just like literally describing teaching, but like <laughs> when it's when it's I guess when it's like the bass guitar, it has for me. It's like oh, this is so cool. I can like get you on your way in the right direction with like technique and stuff like that. Or um, I just love hearing people ask their questions about like how to do things or how something works or talking about music theory and stuff like that. So uh, I've been doing a bit of that here and there when I'm like, you know, we have a fall tour coming up. I'll probably try to do some of it for August and September. And then uh, on the road, it's not quite as easy to do with uh, Wi-Fi being a fickle mistress. But uh, yeah, I dig it. I like doing it as much as I'm doing it. I think if I had like five students a day, five days a week, um, I don't know that I would be have as much, you know, I need to still be able to do my thing so that when I'm sitting down with people, I'm bringing something to it rather than just like, uh, you know, running mm. scales and stuff like that. If uh, if anyone listening is after a lesson with you, is there anywhere that yeah. you can keep an eye out for when you have availability and stuff? Yeah, it's pretty much a rolling thing at the moment. And just like when I go on the road, I'll, I'll try to figure out how I'm going to do it. But yeah, it's rubanobasslessons.com. And I also am happy to teach, you know, songwriting and uh, people that sometimes people are just like, can I just talk? Can I just ask you questions? And I'm like, yeah, but I got to figure out a way to have that that's not, you know, feels like I'm just like uh, doing cameos because that feels like maybe something I don't necessarily want to do. Uh, or, or maybe I do. I don't know. I don't think so. It, it makes me feel a bit odd. 
But uh, yeah, I, I, I dig doing it. And I, I have students that are like out there playing, like that are professionals, people that are like doing gigs and stuff like that. And then I have like students who are like 14 and they're just like, I just discovered this and I, and I really like it. I have this one student who's a 14-year-old young woman who's like her favorite stuff. The first thing she played in the lesson was Beat It. And she like really played it. She like had the whole boom, 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 do, 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 do. she killed it. And then I was like, what are you listening to these days? And she was like, I like Michael Jackson, Hall and & Oates, and Billy Ocean. And I was and just like, like, what? Uh, what? How? How did and you try travel? Tom, yeah. Tom, you got to <laughs> exactly. Tom, you got to yeah. talk to this girl. She only likes old music that she couldn't possibly have heard. <laughs> yeah. And that was her, her whole playlist to me. She sent me a list of songs she'd like to like learn and work on and stuff. And it was like, Huey Lewis and the News. And I was just like, fuck, this is amazing. Like, yeah. I love this where stuff. Did you, where did you get these songs from? Oh, there was a, there was a hairy drummer. There's a big hairy drummer um, yeah. who's quite young, who only likes <laughs> certain music and told me to yeah. check out all his bands. Of course he fucking He has. told me if it was after 86 to just not listen to it. <laughs> but yeah, so I like that. I, I like having people that are kind of all over the, the place because I also remember all of my different uh, stages of development. So I remember what it's like to be kind of like, sifting through things that are really complicated or seem complicated and trying to you know figure things out so yeah uh yeah it's it's fun to do from from time to time i dig it well awesome well with all that now obviously the new angels record is coming out on september 24th you're going to be touring relentlessly across the states and coming to europe and the uk for march 2022 but is there anything else we can uh, expect along the way anything we should keep our eyes out for um, you know, we have some, uh, I think there is another video or two that Angels is, uh, gonna drop at some point soon. Um, you know, I, I think unfortunately we're in this like phase of dealing with the world that is like, if you have things on the calendar, good on you, let's hope they happen. And um, as far as like relentlessly planning additional things, it really has to be done more kind of delicately than ever. And also there's this insane bottlenecking going on for 2022 where everyone in the world that's made a record <laughs> that wasn't able to tour, like, you know, venue booking venues and stuff like that. Uh, I'm sh- sure there's a, a version of this same phenomenon happening in the UK. It's like, it's a shit show. It's like shows are still being rescheduled from yesteryear while they take up spaces from artists who are like, hey, I have a record coming out. I need to play. I need to route this tour. So, um, yeah, we are we are we are happy to have made it through Lollapalooza where there wasn't, uh, you know, I don't mean to be insensitive, but like a body count or anything terrible like that. Like it was it, it went well so far. I haven't seen the news out of Chicago, but they're still a city. So that's great. Uh, so we're, yeah, we're, we're going to start rehearsing in September and then, uh, really trying to, to, to bring a a fall tour that that's going to make all the wait worth it for the last couple of years. And then obviously our, our trip over to see you guys in the new year. I really, really hope that happens because angels hasn't been to the UK and I don't even know how long too long. long It's been, yeah, I've I've been waiting for angels to come over for years. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. (laughs) <laughs> yeah let's uh, if we can please let's do yeah. one of these in the flesh yes, it would please. be fucking fantastic yeah for sure 
Yeah. Uh, did we try to do it at, at Slam Dunk and it didn't work? Well, yeah, yeah we were yeah. we were stuck because because literally Daryl is my fucking hero, right? He's, right, right. To me, uh-huh. God, he's God. Right? Right. He's God to me. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and we were meant to have him on it, but he yeah. was like fucked off in the dressing room one day, and I couldn't fucking find him. And yeah, I think we were meant to do him, and then hopefully you, but then because we couldn't fucking take him get down. It? No, no you can't, no. still no, still no. We did one the other day with like our hundredth episode. I I reached out to him, I texted him, I've tweeted him, I've DM'd him. Nah, I didn't fucking reply. So if you speak to him, um, yeah, tell him I fucking I'd fucking love him to come on. Yeah, oh, hey, well, okay. it's our third year anniversary yeah. in like two months. So if if him or Tom wants to come on, oh, which was it? Third, love- third year, you said third, third year, year of the third shit. year anniversary yeah. of the podcast. Soon, like two months, a month away. Yeah. Oh, Matt, I'm as surprised as you are that it's still going. <laughs> I'm amazing, surprised right? you. Your face, your face has my inner feelings. And uh, what? <laughs> Shut up! Three what years. Is doing this? Three <laughs> Earth years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Three. What? Tom. Three Earth years. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can't believe we. I can't believe it either. But yeah, and we've got no better at it as well. So. Good. Well, congrats, man. That's huge. Keep keep it going. Thank uh, you. We'll we will we will yeah, try. But regardless, man, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. Thank you so so much for taking yeah. the time. I'm glad we got to Likewise. do this. And fingers crossed, we'll see you in the UK next year. Yes, sir. Hopefully. Oh, sweet. sweet. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Do we sapping in again? Do we yell sapping in again or no? Go for it. Go for it. Sapping. <laughs> <laughs> Yes! Yes! I fucking love Matthew Rubano. I love him so much. I got aggressive and I said fucking as well. Um, what a legend. I absolutely love him. He's been absolutely... I'm going to keep saying absolutely. He's been fantastic to me since the day I met him. And he never had to be. Because um, if I had his talent, I'd just walk around playing bass with people. And um, I don't doubt you can make the bass tell people to fuck off. So um, probably that's what I'd be doing. You can probably yeah. he's mastered that instrument so well. And as you said, he's just a wonderful human, so funny, and a great storyteller. Honest to God, I think there was so much more we wanted to. We could have talked to him about and asked questions, but even though he's on there for an hour and forty. Um, it felt like five minutes. It was just great to chat with yes. him and get insights into absolutely everything. And it's just crazy to think that he's being in so many influential bands in our scene. Too many. Never, nevertheless, Too many. our favorite two separately. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That is true. Yeah. He's been in Take It Back Sunday and he's been in Clap. Yeah, yeah, that's mad, isn't it? Yeah. Fantastic stories. Fantastic musician. And um, yes, and he's now in a band with some fantastic oh. musicians as well so it ke- he keeps leveling up, leveling up and i couldn't be happier for him nobody deserves him more than him because i like him a lot if i didn't like him i'd say the complete opposite <laughs> of that but i do so <laughs> he's the best yeah. he's the absolute best no it's lovely to see him getting back to living the rock and roll lifestyle now and another one of our favorite bands angels and airwaves are back the yes. new album life forms Great title is released on September the 24th with a Rise record. So head over, pre-order it, check out all the details. The singles they've released so far are absolutely insane. So go and check them out if you haven't already. And Angels and Airways will be touring a lot very, very soon in the U. They're going to be throughout the US in September, November before coming over here to the UK in Europe. 
for a tour in March 2022. All things, you know, if everything goes well. But um, Look at my face. <laughs> you can't see this. It's on a podcast, right? But my face is doing this. Well, we hope... Which is the, we- ap- the apprehensive face. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no. Hey, hey. <laughs> I want it to happen. I want to see fucking Matt Rubano and I want to talk to Tom about UFOs. He won't, definitely won't talk to me about. That's but- true. Yes, let's hope it happens. March 2022, Angels and Airwaves are coming over and the album Lifeforms is out September 24th. I'm looking forward to all of it, every bit of it, actually. So, yes, I cannot wait. And again, thank you very, very much for uh, Matt for coming on. Who'd have thought that's our first guest who's worked with Shaq? So, <laughs> literally, it's a bit crazy when you think about it. Like, how? Sh- Shaq, like, that's just. It's mental. Yep. And the little Lauren Hill thing. That was yeah. fucking mental. Because, yeah. yeah, like I said, like I said in the chat, I think, um, I don't normally do much research if I know the person, but I had to have a quick look into, I had a quick look into Rubano. And, um, yeah, when I found out Shaq and Lauren Hill, I nearly shit myself. So, yeah. um, well, the th- <laughs> mad, isn't it? It's fucking mad. <laughs> well, the thing is, he's worked with so many artists, even he's forgotten some of the things he's That's played true. on everything. But, no, great to have him on. And I think he would probably say working with Shaq was a slam dunk. And speaking of slam oh, dunk... Oh, my oh. God! <laughs> you haven't. Oh, my Christ. <laughs> that was the best segue I've ever made. But no... It just is the wanted, best segue you've ever done, just but I hate to it. <laughs> say some um, things, personal things about the podcast and very exciting time we've got coming up. If anybody is interested, you should be, because why you listen to this if you're not... Um, we've got a very busy week coming up now. On Thursday, we're going to be at the Heavy Music Awards. Obviously, we are nominated Woo! for Best Podcast. So this episode will be the last one that comes out prior to the awards. Just winning. <laughs> Fingers Just winning crossed. Awards. Fingers we're crossed. We're not fucking winning nothing, bro. <laughs> we're not winning nothing. We're all red- already winners, Sean, for being there. Oh, we're not, though. We? We're fucking a pair of losers that <laughs> fucking do this to talk to our favorite bands. Yeah, yeah. But I would like to take home an award if possible, so you never know. Well, yeah. Well, what we can do is we can wait till one of the other people is ve- <sighs> uh, the other award winners are very drunk That's and then true. just take theirs. It doesn't matter if it says best album on there. I'll take that. That's fine. Yeah. Who's up, who's up for that? Who's up for best album? Uh, Machine Gun Kelly, Creeper. Well, he's not even fucking going. Exactly. If Machine Gun Kelly wins... You've got to storm the stage. You've got to Kanye it. Yes. Oh. More gay West is going to go up. More gay West. Here we go. Oh, it's going to yeah. be great. But no, just wanted to take a moment to say thank you so much to anyone who's helped us and support us uh, with the Heavy yes, Music Awards you. and everything on the on the rung up. Um, it'll be an interesting event. I'm super, super nervous just even thinking about it. So if anyone's going and watching some great bands like Sleep Token, Hot Milk, Trash Bow, as everything unfolds, um, it's going to be a great night. So let us know. See you there and see you in the pit. And of course, a couple of days afterwards, we're going to be at Slam Dunk Festival 2021 at North and South, getting some exclusive content for the podcast. Yes, I cannot wait. Um, it's going to be a very, very, very busy weekend. Oh, yeah, we should do a quick uh, shout out for because earlier in the week on Monday, me and Morgan were invited to Mitch Perry and now Emily Perry's wedding. 
and um, we had a fantastic time. It was absolutely beautiful. They got us a TP to share, which was absolutely wonderful. Beautiful. So thank you very much to Mitch and Emily. You both looked fantastic and we had a great time. So we appreciate you inviting us. And uh, yes, they are part of our Patreon as well. So thank you very much for them to be part of that. Hey, do you want us to come to your wedding? (laughs) (laughs) You don't. You don't. This is the best way to stop us from coming to your wedding, right? Go to sign up to patreon.com forward slash sapnin. There's a whole host of material from behind the scenes, photos, uh, videos, and you get to become part of our amazing, amazing Patreon community that helps each other, supports each other, and even gets each other paid more than we get paid for the Patreon. So that is fantastic. Very, very true. Yeah, so check out patreon.com forward slash sapnin. There's a whole load of content there. We're always trying to update it. There's playlists. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Too much. Too bloody much. So, yeah, check out patreon.com forward slash sapling if you do want us or don't want us to come to your wedding you have to you have to sign up <laughs> this is what we should do in the patreon we should sign up with the question are you looking to get married soon <laughs> have you signed up because you a don't want us to come to your wedding or b want us to come to your wedding i mean pair of wedding crashes you and me that's what we are but no it's worth signing oh, we're, up with a welsh vince vaughn and owen wilson uh, who's who wow you're saying i'm vince vaughn no, I'm going to have to be Vince yeah, Vaughn, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Owen's the nice fucking, yeah, I'm chilled out, Morgan. Mm. And then Vince Vaughn's the massive cock. <laughs> wow. No? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no? No. God, no. Wow. No, but as wow. we're signing up to our Patreon just to be involved in our wonderful community who will be at Slam Dunk, who will be at the Heavy Music Awards. So if you're looking yes. to go and need some friends, it's a perfect opportunity for you to get involved. So that's patreon.com forward slash Sapmin. And we've got to give a big shout out to some of the elite members of our wonderful community. So if you head over to the description, there's loads of names there that we need to thank. But Sean's going to give a shout out to some of those lovely people in the top tiers. Yes, thank you very much to our Patreon army. I cannot wait to see some of you at the Heavy Music Awards and at Slam Dunk. Let's hang out and have a fucking laugh. Thank you very much, Kylie Wheeler, Mayumi Leeway, Mikey Engler, who we saw on the weekend, Janelle Catston, Mitch Perry, congratulations again, Kelly Young, Dilly Grimwood, Kelly Ewan, Liam Connolly, Drew Styles, who couldn't be at Mitch's wedding but was messaging me, Paul Hirschfield, Nathan Croshaw, Emma Barber, Natasha Morris, thank you very much, Sammy G, Shani Meyer Boxel Anderson, Tony Michael, Amadine Abano, Kat Besant, a full stop, Captain Hannibal, Jenny Robinson, Murray Grimwood, Mike Oxmall, change Ascot. I'm fed up and say Mike Oxmall. And at that time, I just said the sentence you wanted me to say rather than the name. Um, thank you very much, Johnny Phillips, Amy Campion, Caroline Robinson, Caitlin Richards. Kevin Clark, Louis Cook, Martina McManus, Lydia Henderson, Danny Eaton, Carl Pendlebury, Jenny Munster, Kate Stevenson, Lucy Diaz, official Mrs. Emily Perry. Hey. She's changed her name. Class. Yes, congratulations. John and Emma, Kelly Cannon, Livy Cropper, Jason Oredia, Becky Andy, Craig Harris, Adam King of the Goss Parslow. Ollie, next time you'll see me, you'll be accepting a heavy award, Amesbury. Hey, stealing one, you fucking mean, no? <laughs> Thank you very much. Chris Howard, Alice Wood, Josh, I got my fiance a fridge for her birthday, but I can't see her face like that when she... I can't... I can't, too. Oh, he needs to, he needs to check. He's after he's done them. 
I'll finish the joke for you, Josh. Josh, I got my fiance a fridge for her birthday, so I can't wait to see her face light up when she opens it, Chris. Ah, I see. Danielle, the only fox god knows Stevenson. Is that um? Is that a baby metal uh, yeah, reference? It's, maybe. It's, well, yeah, yeah. Sadly. All right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Only joking, Dan. Only joking, Dan. Only joking, Dan. Um, thanks very much, Reese Bowden. Craig Irvin, Amy Chilvers, Ben Evans, Mark Jones, Connor Lewins, Keris Andrews, and last but no means least, I have to give a special shout out to Stuart and James McNaught and their father, because James and their father have recently contracted the COVID. So we really, really hope they get better soon, because we love you all very, very much. And uh, I'd like to see you at a one of them popular rock concerts. So, um, yes. Everybody stay safe for God. I was going to say, everybody in our Patreon stay safe. But you know what? I'm going to extend it to everybody in the world so nobody feels left out. Everybody stay safe for God's sake. Yeah, it's probably best. But thank you so much to everyone in our Patreon for continuing to make this happen. Thank you to everyone who's listening to this for giving a damn. And thank you to the wonderful Mr. Matt Rabano for being our guest this week on Sapping Podcast. It's a very busy time. Keep up to date with everything we're going to be doing these next few weeks at Sapping Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And we'll be back next Friday for another fantastic episode. And who knows, maybe we'll have a trophy or steal one we somehow. Won, we won't. Well, it's going to be that option, I think, because yeah. I, I can't see us I'm winning. A, I'm up for stealing something. Oh, nice. Get us banned from the AV Music Award. Oh, wait. This comes out after, doesn't it? No. Oh, piss. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, yes, we've done it by now. We've stolen it by now, but no, it's next week. Exactly. And it's shit. Yeah. You've just... Uh, right. Hey, <laughs> if you work for Heavy Music Awards, there's a fiver in you not to tell the bosses what Morgan just said. So do me a fucking solid. Keep your trap shut. And if you... S- hey, if you see us walking out to the Heavy Music Awards with an award that you know isn't ours, leave us be. <laughs> We've come up from Wales. We deserve something for our travels, yeah. to be honest. Give me a bit of a fucking plastic trophy or whatever it's made out of. I don't fucking know. But yeah, I can't wait. Thank you again to the Heavy Music Awards for having us. We're not going to steal anything. Wink. Oh, no, it's head winking apart, rather than just winking. Apart from the hearts of everybody there. How? How are we going to do what? We're going to go around individually <laughs> and meet everybody and make them fall in love with us? Because we're not going to have any stage time, are we? So how are we going to do that? Our faces pop up on the screen, won't it? When the nominees come up, so they'll go, ooh! We're going to make people <laughs> fucking sick before we make them fall in love with us. People going to be drinking like, oh, I've had a few too much. You know what? Podcast card. Who gives a fuck about podcast? Ooh, those two. It's going to be dreadful. But yes, thank you very much for the music awards. Thank you very much for Patreon. Thank you very much if you're listening to this. Please share it. Please rate it. Please subscribe where possible. Tell a friend. Tell an enemy. Tell your grand. She won't care because she doesn't know how to use the internet anyway. Um, unless it's Facebook to get misinformation, which is wrong. So, yes. <laughs> See you all next week where we would have already found out by then whether we've won an award or not. So, yes. Um, stay safe. War an ending. Sapnin! Sapnin! You're listening to Sapnin Podcast with Sean Smith and Morgan Richards. Thank you very much for downloading this podcast or streaming it or I don't I don't know what else you do with podcasts. Um
Thank you very much. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.